What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am here, as always, with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, man? Uh, doing pretty good. I think I have the Cavs game on the other TV. Uh, it's like the only Cavs game I've actually gotten to watch this year so far, so uh, definitely not going to be distracted. Definitely not, but also <laughs> excited for this. Yeah, yeah, it, it should be a good episode. We also have Sean with us, Sean Ward. Sean, how you doing, man? It's Wednesday, my dudes. Better Wednesday. Every other Wednesday, I know. I know everybody's all excited all the time to get me on. So glad to be here. <laughs> get cool. you on for the fifteen-year-old memes. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Well, we are here as always to talk through our Thursday night preview and our starts and sits for Week Eight. Week Eight. Are we in Week Eight? We are very good, Christian. Thank you. We need to write what week it is on here. I'm starting to forget. Well, most people just know, but it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. However, the the league median uh, like records are throwing me off. Normally, I can be like, oh yeah, I have quite a few leagues where I'm you know seven and zero, uh, but a lot of league median leagues. So I don't know. What some of that, doing. but some of that's your own fault. Like you add, like like the like CLE Dynasty that was kind of your and Randy's thing even even the That's AFL true. like that was your idea to get the median in so like uh, I get I get your I, 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 I get your <laughs> I get your point but it's like you it was your idea I'm not complaining too much because without the league median I would have a lot of shitty teams but all right guys <laughs> let's uh let's talk through uh the Thursday night preview first make sure you guys go check out the coach approach uh, which aired last night on all of the social media things uh, and is also available on this podcast feed uh, I, I believe they had Bo uh, Bo big time on as a guest this evening or last night uh, and then as I mentioned in the Monday show the college football cut is canceled this week but DFS deep dive will be Ready to rock on Friday night at 8 p.m. live on Twitter at the Cut FFB or YouTube, uh, the Cut FFB if you search that. So, uh, and our rankings are updated. So go check those out and set your lineups for Week Eight. Can confirm it is Week Eight. All right, Thursday night football preview. This week we have the COVID hit Packers at six and one versus the Arizona Cardinals at seven and zero. Uh, also hit with with the breaking news that just came across Sean's phone right before we started that uh, they will be without their stud defensive end JJ Watt. He is out Sorry. for this. Expected yeah, to be appa- out for this. Sorry, uh, I was just kidding. yeah. Apparently, he injured his shoulder in the second quarter against um, Houston and played the rest of the game, but. Uh, Adam Schefter just tweeted about 10 minutes ago that he's expecting to get season-ending shoulder surgery. Not ideal. Uh, so while we're talking about this, this line might actually move. I don't I don't know that it will, but Cardinals are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Randy, walk us through how people are betting on this game. Uh, well, uh, believe it or not, with the under – under was starting at 51, I believe, or at least what I put it in the stock it was. And that was before uh, – Devonta Adams COVID, I believe, or right as it happened. And the line of six and a half points uh, for the Cardinals. It was six, so it jumped slightly. Uh, but the betting has actually gone down towards <laughs> against the points and more towards the Packers. It was 58% bets on Cardinals and the points, and now it's up to down to 56. And for the over-under, the bets actually went up to 70% on the under from about 68 yeah, that, that makes some sense. So, uh, as you mentioned, Devontae Adams is out. Alan Lazard is also out of this game. Uh, and so that takes out we, – we talked about Alan Lazard on Monday, on, on our Monday show. He's been the second option for that offense. So Aaron Rodgers' top two wide receivers and top two pass catchers in general are out in this game. So the fantasy player aspect of this is a little muddied. So – I'll kick to Sean first. Obviously, you're comfortable starting Aaron Rodgers. You're comfortable starting Aaron Jones. Both of those guys should have big days. The Cardinals are susceptible to being beat every way uh, through the air or on the ground. Uh, What pass catcher are you most in on this week, Sean? Um, 
I, I never want to put my endorsement on Marquez Valdez Scantling because I don't think anybody ever does want to do that. But you have to think that he's going to get some deep shots. And I mean, Aaron Rodgers was adamant about bringing Randall Cobb back. Like there was the whole story in the offseason of him um, wanting Randall Cobb there, Randall Cobb wanting to come back. So they, I believe they made a trade for him. I think he was still under contract with the, with the Texans, but I would say of the two receivers, I'd almost think that Cobb is going to be more successful. I put I put a decent amount of waiver claims in for Randall Cobb because I do need a receiver in in, a, in multiple leagues, and I was so excited to pick up Alan Lazard, and then boom, hit like a freight train. Um, and then I think, obviously, I like Tunyon. The last couple of weeks has kind of come back to relevancy a little bit. Um, like you look at the first, the first few games, he really hadn't been targeted or anything like that. So I think that of the three, I would probably rank it Cobb, Tunyon, Valdez-Scantling. And for people that need streaming tight ends with, uh, with Darren Waller on by Mark Andrews on by, I think, I think Tunyon's a, Tunyon's a good play. I know that, um, the Cardinals are the number one team against the tight end, but when you look at the tight ends that they've played, it's Anthony Ferkser, uh, Tyler Conklin. I believe Dan Arnold had just gotten to Jacksonville or he wasn't there yet. Tyler Higby, San Francisco minus George Kittle, the Browns tight ends and Houston's tight ends. So they haven't faced a good tight end yet to make them number one. So I would, I would say Tunyon's still a pretty good play. Okay. Randy, are you, are you kind of along the same lines? Is there someone else? Are you in on Amari Rogers this week? No, I'm not in on Amari Rogers. He's barely got any snaps uh i i think i'm just gonna echo what sean said where cobb and tunyon in my opinion would be the go-to guys of the week obviously besides running backs um and then mvs has a shot to get a big play touchdown because that's all he has a shot for usually anyways uh so that just kind of amplifies with less competition yeah i do want to mention that randall cobb comes in as a very, very back-end wide receiver, too, in our consensus rankings this week. So we'd collectively be fairly comfortable starting him. Tunyon, obviously, is a tight end one, uh, and we'll talk about him a little bit more later. On the other side of the ball, uh, you've got Kyler Murray. If you sit Kyler Murray, stop playing fantasy. Don't sit Kyler Murray, uh, unless you have, like, Josh Allen, but you shouldn't have both of them. Um so the, the running back split has been kind of interesting the last five weeks. Uh, James Conner has actually outscored Chase Edmonds for five weeks straight, but sits uh, just behind him in overall ranking on the season. Which of these two guys are you more comfortable playing, Randy? And would you just be comfortable playing both of them this week? I think this is one of those weeks, even with Adams and Lazard out, that you have to still kind of – I understand that people are focused on the under for this game, but the under is relatively high as it was. So I still think – Uh-oh. <laughs> Look at his dumb face. That's rude. <laughs> yeah, you froze out pretty bad there, man. I uh, saw. I saw. Uh, yeah, where did tough. I leave off? <laughs> Man, this is the first edit. Sean comes on. And this guy's always the worst. Weeks. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, fuck. All right. Um, I'm not even editing this. We're, Randy froze. We didn't catch what he said. And we're just going to roll with it. I said um, he had a dumb face. <laughs> well, that is true. Fair. Yeah. But we'll, we'll leave it in. It's okay. I make Randy, no, I make no quorum here. Oh. Randy, the last thing we heard was essentially that uh, the the bets were on the under, uh, or the the point total was still high. Yeah, so bets are on the under because the points total is still at fifty, so it's still relatively high. Uh, the Packers are still going to be able to score a couple touchdowns, therefore the Cardinals are going to have to do the same. <laughs> uh, and I think all three of us believe the Cardinals win, and. I think they're going to have to throw the ball because the Packers are a relatively decent rush defense, especially focused the last couple of weeks with Jair Alexander out in the passing game, being a little bit more susceptible there. Uh, so it's kind of like a catch 22 where I don't think either has this explosive game, but I think you kind of have to play both. 
unless you have this super superior option. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm along the same lines now, Sean, regarding this game, obviously you're playing Hopkins cause you do every week. Same thing as Kyler. The, the wide receiver split has been kind of hit or miss uh, with AJ green, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore's kind of been, a little more irrelevant in the last few weeks, but out of those guys, who do you have ranked ahead? Who would you be more comfortable playing? Would you play all of them in this game? So I think in my personal rankings, I believe I have uh, Christian Kirk slightly ahead. I view I view the um, Arizona pass catchers kind of like I do when it comes to right now for the um, – sorry uh, – Oh, the Bron- that's who I'm looking at. The Broncos running backs. I, I couldn't remember which running back because I wanted to say Arizona, but it was the Broncos where I always have these guys like Christian Kirk and A.J. Green. I always have them right by each other. Rondell Moore, usually a little bit lower because he's a big play guy, but he doesn't see, see nearly enough volume for it to matter most of the time right now. Um, I So like I said, I have Christian Kirk slightly above, but this is – you're I mean – you're you're throwing a dart, right? You're throwing a dart on one of these other guys, especially now, like with Ertz getting into the picture too. It's it's interesting to see how they're going to split it up because the Cardinals did use the tight end a little bit when it was Max Williams before before he got hurt, and then you saw even when Zach Ertz said he didn't really know the playbook, he came in, still had three catches, had a touchdown, missed another touchdown. So that it's a little bit tougher. Uh, and then are we going to talk about the Arizona running backs too? Is that because uh, like just my my opinion, I almost think James Conner is starting to become more of a weekly start than Chase Edmonds. Yeah, um, so I will say the the one thing that I've noticed they the Cardinals. I, I was browsing through some stats the other day. The Cardinals have a pretty low success rate throwing to running backs, and I don't know that that's a product of Chase Edmonds getting worse catching the football, or if it's simply the way they're using him is a little different than how they did last year. But uh, like I said, five weeks straight, James Conner is the more productive running back. I don't know how long that continues. I, I think we we had Chase Edmonds as a great play because uh, they were always going to use him in, in a pass catching role, and now they have a guy like Rondell Moore. So uh, and Christian Kirk, like all of these guys, do that that same thing. So yeah, I'm kind of with the you. One thing. I, yeah, I think the one thing we've learned is they ref- they do not want to give the ball to Chase Edmonds in the red zone. It, it, it's it's James Conner all day, and yeah. obviously touchdowns are key. And James Conner has has or, uh, Chase Edmonds has yet to score a touchdown this season. Yeah, for that's, that reason. But that's also kind of his bag, anyways. He he was never the touchdown guy. Um, right. But it, for me, Conner is basically a tight end. Uh, so that's like not the top end. It's all those borderline ones where if they get a touchdown, they're playable, and that's James Conner. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it. If you look at his performances, week one, five fantasy points, week two, two, neither of them touchdown games. Next three weeks, he scored a touchdown, had double-digit fantasy points. The following week, only eight, 71 yards on the ground, averaged over four a carry, and didn't score a touchdown and was pretty much irrelevant. And then last week against Houston, he did score a touchdown, and he was a decent flex play. Um Overall, I think that there are better options than both of these running backs, honestly. Uh, I I don't know. I, I think I would play them both over A.J. Dillon, but I think it's closer than it should be probably. Um, okay. Just really quickly, who who do you guys think are, is going to win this game, Randy? I mean, Cardinals. <laughs> uh, okay. I think it was close if they have Adams, if they have Lazard. I don't trust the, the – the, I don't trust the capability of the rest of the receiving options. I don't trust that they'll be able to just dominate in the ground, which is kind of what they're going to need now. Um, and for that, I, I think it's going to be a close game. Don't get me wrong, but I'm still going to pick the Cardinals. Yeah. What and about you, Sean? For the article. <laughs> yeah. I also have to get those to Brandon. Um, yeah. I mean, you feel like the Cardinals are going to slip, slip up at some point. They're not going to go 17 and 0 in the regular season. But it's just asking, it's asking a lot of the Packers to go into um, into Arizona with no pass catchers. But if one guy can do it, it's Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to say this is I'm I'm going to lean Cardinals, but I would not be surprised if the Packers have the ball 
and Aaron Rodgers does what he does in in winning time. If the Packers have the ball last, get into field goal range or something like that. I think this is definitely going to be a close game. This, this is going to be a fun game, um, even with the no pass catchers. But, yeah, I'm lean slightly, probably Arizona. I might change that tomorrow. I don't even know. Yeah, I, be- yeah. I believe I said like 27 to 24. So a very good game regardless. That's that's pretty close to what I have. All right, really quickly. I haven't looked at the slate yet. Randy, have you looked at the Thrive slate? For I have perused, if that's what you're getting it. Um, so I would say Zach Ertz has a line over under three and a half catches. I think that's relatively safe. Uh, the over gets you more points than the under, so I think he gets more of those grabs. Chase Edmonds has a 100-100 split with 35.5 rushing yards. I think that's an easy smash. He's got that majority of the weeks. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's one of those, like, I, I know he hasn't been, like, the stellar performance. I believe he's still, like, RB20, though, just saying. Uh, <laughs> it's just one of those, like, oh, well, you, you gave us an easy one, so we're going to take it. AJ Green, 40.5 receiving yards. I think over is pretty safe on that. And this is the game where you're going to probably have to – do more Cardinals uh, for Thrive than you want because we have Rodgers uh, passing lines, Aaron Jones, which I think is 68 and a half rushing yards. I think it's very easy to do. But then we had four things combined for Devontae Adams and Lazard. So at a 20, 20 uh, prop slate, you only have 16 now and you have to have 10 and two in case of emergency. So you're very limited in your picks already. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm noticing that now. Uh, the one I think would be virtually a lock with all the COVID stuff would be Tunyon at 40 and a half receiving yards. I think yep. that's that's my number one lock here. And it gives you more points too. So Yeah, yeah, that that's a nice little play this week. All right, guys, let's get into our starts and sits. As always, we're going to start with quarterbacks. We're going to give you a start for every position and then a couple sits. This week, we're going to let Randy go first because I want to hear him sell me on this quarterback. What? Um, (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going with a quarterback I'm not fond of for real life, but for fantasy, uh, just like Sean's quarterback, we'll get to in a second, uh, he's very productive. So that's Daniel Jones. Uh, Let's be real. The Chiefs defense and offense has been kind of dog shit. So I have faith in Daniel Jones this week. He's my quarterback 11. He is currently quarterback 16 on the year, but if you get rid of that concussion game in like the first quarter, I think he easily is top 12 because he's like nine points behind that. Uh, But it is a great matchup against the Chiefs. I do think the Chiefs start this turnaround. Sometime I understand this is a good game to call it, and I do think the Chiefs win. However... (laughs) If the Chiefs do have a turnaround, that means more action for Daniel Jones, where he has to play the hero ball that really is what makes him a good fantasy quarterback, just because he has to run the ball. Um, He's, in my opinion, he's probably going to get 20 to 60 rushing yards. And if the Chiefs are playing good, he's going to have probably 250-plus passing yards, throw it a couple touchdowns, however they come. I, I think that equates to an easy quarterback one week. Yeah, I just, I don't know why I keep ranking this this player so low uh, because he does have good output. Christian doesn't even want, he, he doesn't even want to use his real name. Yeah, it's Daniel Jones. I Listen, just want to call it, him this quarterback. It's, I mean, I think this is, we both are not fans of Daniel Jones as an actual NFL quarterback. Uh, only to the extent of if there was different quarterbacks, maybe not necessarily from that class that they picked instead or waited a year or, you know, didn't pick Saquon, they would be better off. That's the biggest knock on Daniel Jones is they should be better off with the talent they have and they're just not. Yeah. Now, it also, yeah. that is a knock on Dave Gettleman and the coaching staff at hires, but still. Yeah. All right, Sean, hit me with yours. All right. Well, it wouldn't be uh, an episode of the cut with me on it uh, and starts of the week without me going Jalen Hurts at the quarterback position. Yeah. When did we this get is... Adam on? What happened? 
Yeah, right. Although I do, I do kind of feel bad for Adam because he has to consistently watch Nick Sirianni attempt to coach football. So <laughs> I do feel bad for him. But we've um, all been there. Yeah, right. Um, but when you look at Jalen Hurts' numbers, and Christian was a main proponent of this. Uh, month, I think it was Monday or Tuesday. He he tweeted about Jalen Hurts. Uh, like Jalen Hurts is obviously getting a lot of flack. Maybe or maybe not rightfully so. I mean, Christian doesn't think so, and I, I tend to agree with him. But um, when you look at Jalen Hurts' numbers, he's completing north of 60%. This is all per fantasy pros. He's completing north of 60% of his passes, has greater than uh, seven yards per attempt on the year, and he has 10 touchdowns with just four picks. And obviously he gives you the rushing uh, upside too. But everybody like still questions about him just because of how he looks in these games, even though at the end of the day, maybe he's not looking all that bad. Like the play calling is just complete ass. But when you look at Jalen Hurts' fantasy points per game, 29, 22, 23, 28, 24, 26, 24. He has yet to finish outside the top 10. And why are we going to believe that he's not going to finish outside the top 10 again this week when he takes on the D- Detroit Lions, who have given up back-to-back top three fancy finishes to Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford? Granted, Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford are better quarterbacks than Jalen Hurts. But Jalen Hurts is a guy that who cares what the actual product on the field is if you're not Adam? Who cares about the actual product on the field? We care about the points at the end of the game. And Jalen Hurts went from the quarterback 15 to the quarterback 7 all because of like 10 minutes in the fourth quarter. There's a – I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I know Randy and Christian both kind of think that the Lions are going to win, but which means that Jalen Hurts is going to have to do enough to either keep them in that game or win the game. Jalen Hurts just keep putting up fancy points. I'm praying to God Gardner Minshew doesn't start because Jalen Hurts is a league winner, but we don't know if his job is ever going to be secure. But play him. Oh, it won't be. Uh, Eagles are drafting a quarterback this next year. Well, yeah, 100%. But he's a league winner this year if Gardner Minshew doesn't get the job in, like, week 15, which would suck because that's the first week of the playoffs. No, play play Hurts. Do not look at it, uh, especially until halfway through the fourth quarter uh, because it's going to be awful. (laughs) I don't don't know that that's the case in this game. It's been the case the entire season. Understandable, but we know what the Lions' uh, secondary is now, too. I mean – he should be able to win through the air. And like, we know what that line's defense is. I know they're scrappy and they fight like I thought they would. Uh, but it's just, I, I think that he can produce from start to finish this week, especially with all the noise with the Gardner Minshew bullshit. And with, with, I mean, they, he got brought up in the Deshaun rumors again, I think today I saw. So he should. Yeah. I, they don't have the cap for it, but he should. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I, I don't know how they'd make that work. But, yeah, Jalen Hurts, he, he's one of those guys that, like, you you start him if you have him. Of course, I made a joke. If you have Kyler and Josh Allen, well, I have Kyler and Jalen Hurts on one team. So, I'm starting Yeah, Kyler. it's peaceful, though. Yeah. And you'll never start That's Jalen. Is that a dynasty so. team? It's not. It is actually a uh, – it was, it was an auction league, a salary cap league, and uh, – I, they were cheap, so I took them both. Now I haven't started Jalen Hurts a single time, and I'm holding. I'm them. actually, I'm actually glad glad in the AFL that you took Dak, and I got to take Jalen Jalen Hurts. I'm cool with it. I mean, I'm I'm down with it too. What a week! No, it worked, it worked out for both of us, but <laughs> it did. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, my quarterback start this week is a guy that I have been tweeting about just way too much because I'm sick of the bullcrap narratives that are around this player, but my start is Tua Tungavailoa. Since returning from injury, he's the overall QB3. I know this is a two-week sample, and I know it's against Jacksonville and the Falcons, but his stats in those games. uh, So he's thrown for – he's averaging over 300 yards. He's thrown six touchdowns to three interceptions. Admittedly, two of the interceptions, very bad. One of the interceptions – was on his tight end for not running the correct route. Um, the Bills are the matchup this week, so people are going to say, well, can Tua keep it up against the Bills, who have allowed the fewest points, fantasy points, to opposing quarterbacks this year. It's somewhere in the 13 range, depending on your scoring. Not great. Uh, I'm not concerned, though. And the reason I'm not concerned, this game script is going to give Tua a ton of opportunity to continue throwing the football when they let Tua just rip it, like he has 87 pass attempts in the last two weeks. And I don't see that a, a world where the game script would dictate 
less than 40 attempts in this game. They're going to have to throw to keep up. Tua has been successful when throwing the football. Um, and again, guys, uh, I, this is not even a fantasy thing. This is the Tua Tungavailoa has started and finished just 10 games in his career. He obviously had the injury earlier this year. And when he was given the keys last year, he was given half a broken key and Ryan Fitzpatrick would come in for him in the third and fourth quarter. And so what we're looking at is pretty much a rookie quarterback uh, with a brand new system this year to inept, terrible offensive coordinators this year. And we're writing two off as a bad real life NFL quarterback. It's garbage. It's not warranted. The fact that the Dolphins are involved in the Watson discussions is just gross. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, and so that's that's what I want to say about Tua. He's also a great freaking fantasy quarterback right now, and I think that continues even in a bad matchup this week. I have him ranked as QB 11 this week. This almost feels like you're making him your start of the week just out of spite. 100%. I actually, I, I, when, when I went into my uh, rankings, I said, oh, I don't know who to pick. Oh, there's two as a QB one. And I've been, uh, I literally yelled at a, at a podcast. I'm not going to say who it was, uh, but it's, it's a nationally recognized podcast. A lot of listeners, someone went on there and said that his career path at best is Andy Dalton. And I think that's irresponsible. <laughs> now, did garbage. you yell like in your car or what? In my did... car. Okay. I was in my car. Yeah. I yelled out loud. I said, Randy that's... nods his head. Like, yeah, he like that's. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's I know. Garbage. Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's hilarious. Uh, no, so, I mean, he's been, I mean, he's been really, what's crazy about him is he's been really good for fantasy when his only really, like, only decent receiver is Waddle. Like, he hasn't had Will Fuller almost all year. <laughs> Devontae Parker's yep. been in and out of the uh, training room, which it's Devontae Parker, so why not? Um, and I think um, I'm going to talk about another another piece of the Dolphins, but I, I yeah, I mean, I think Tua, I don't know if he's matchup proof yet, but I think he's getting there. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it might QB start, so. <laughs> yeah, I, my for me, I think your description and game script is right. I have him at 18, I think. After the discussion, I might move on to like 16, but uh, <laughs> it's one of those like I won't, but it's it's one of those like my thought process being I don't think it's this like out of control game, at least early. So I don't know if there's like 50 pass attempts. And even if there are with the two really bad picks that could possibly combine in this game. And that's kind of where I was when I was ranking him because of the top end defense, really. Uh, but that being said, I, I easily could see Tua having just the same game he had last week where he had two picks and still was the quarterback one or two. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the running backs. Uh, Randy, you go first again. Okay. Uh, Elijah Mitchell uh, had a lot of fun in that high school game they just played Sunday night because uh, that's exactly what it looked like to me. But he's my RB12 this week, coming off a solid performance, 18 carries, 107 on the ground, and a touchdown, no passes through the air, because passes were really hard to come by in that game. Um, but I I think the 49ers really need to win here. I think going against the Bears, I believe Christian picked the Bears this week, which all power to you and Justin Fields. However, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think... The only way the 49ers win this game is if they dominate the ground, and that's going to be because of Elijah Mitchell, who's looked really good. Um, they pretty much only run the ball and then dump it to Debo right now. So I- I'm going to take the shot with Elijah. The 49ers defense, in my opinion, should be able to get pretty intense pressure on fields, and that's perfect for this kind of game plan, getting the ball in better field position, dominating the clock as well as the ground. And that gives you increased touchdown upside for Mitchell as well. And Bears have given up the eighth most rushing yards this year, so it's a good matchup. Yes. And then Khalil Mack's probably out <laughs> for a while, so it's it just gets better and better. Yeah. Trey Sermon's just dead. Well, he got hurt. Yeah, and then he's never been able – and we know Kyle Shanahan that if a guy if a guy isn't close to working his way back, he's never coming back, man. R.I.P. Brandon yeah. I- I, I will say too, I mean, when when Elijah 
was active that first week that he was and Sermon was not, I said, well, these two guys graded similarly. You know, the draft capital was different, but uh, they were they were similar in grades. So, it, and Mitchell makes more sense for them and how they run their offense. But yeah, uh, Elijah Mitchell is our consensus RB fifteen right now, and that might change heading into Sunday. But uh, pretty pretty good start this week. I would I would agree with Randy. Sean, Colin, Colin Sexton just yammed all over Luke Kennard. That was pretty cool. Um, it's fun. Yeah, my my running back start of the week is Jeez. I don't usually. I don't, yeah, that was pretty nice. I don't usually do this. Um, I don't like stacking running back and quarterback from the same team. That was with his left hand too. That's nuts. Um, but I'm going to do it this week. I'm My start of the week is uh, Kenneth Gainwell for the Eagles. So we saw the Eagles want to get Miles Sanders more involved early against the Raiders on Sunday. Unfortunate that Miles Sanders left the game with a week-to-week ankle sprain. And now you look at hit Kenneth Gainwell's matchup. The uh, Lions are giving up 26.6 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs, which is good for 29th in the league. Um, they just gave up the number one finish two weeks ago to mostly Samaj P. Ryan because Joe Mixon was in and out of that game, didn't play a ton. And they've given up big finishes to San Francisco, Green Bay, and Chicago to go along with that. Um, Gainwell is going to get a lot of the work. He's going to catch passes. Boston Scott's probably going to be mixed in. Like we know that he never just goes away, but I think that they don't draft Gainwell and they don't play him as much as they were even with Miles Sanders if they don't trust this kid. So I think he's going to get a bunch of work. I have him right now as my running back 18. And I think he could, if you picked him up on waivers, he's absolutely a start. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that is all very accurate. I have him ranked. Has my RB seventeen right now? So, Same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, I, I think he would be a one this week if, like you said, with P Ryan, uh, last week his biggest play he had one long run, but then he did his work through the air where Mixon didn't really get that opportunity with him saving him basically for this week and beyond. Uh, and for that, I, I mean. I know Gainwell's been somewhat used in that capacity, but that seems to always be Boston Scott's domain. So I think he maybe gets the opportunity to do that. Just won't be as successful as P. Ryan was last week, in my opinion. So Gainwell should be a really good start. Can you yeah. pick someone that's not an eagle? Is that legal or? We'll, we'll see what his wide receiver is here in a few minutes. <laughs> I got, uh, I got, I got other guys. Don't worry. I know there's it's other. It's just teams. so weird. I don't understand <laughs> I what's happening. They just keep having good matchups. It's true. Uh, it, it's, it's true. true. Yeah. All right, guys, my running back start this week is Damian Harris. Uh, if you haven't heard about Damian Harris, he's the really great running back for the New England Patriots that's having a, a very good year. Um, right now, the, they get the Chargers this week, and the Chargers are giving up 26 fantasy points to opposing running backs. That is second worst in the league. And most would say, oh, well, some of that could come through the air. Damian Harris doesn't do that. No, no. Uh, the Chargers are giving up over 160 yards per game on the ground, which is worst in the league by a fair amount. I believe it's close to 20 yards more than any other team. That's gross. Uh, Harris is coming off back-to-back 100-yard performances uh, two weeks ago against the um, against the Cowboys. He had just over 100 on 18 carries and a touchdown, averaged over five yards per carry. Last week against the Jets, 14 carries, 106 yards, 7.57 yards per carry, and two touchdowns. We're just seeing kind of what I think is the final form of Damian Harris, which the final form of Damian Harris is everything that we thought that uh, Ronald Jones would be. Uh, well, I thought – I don't want to put you guys in that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Uh, in just yeah, in Get explosive. out of here with your Ronald Jones crap, Yeah, at least yeah. to us. Like, don't I, Don't put us in that. I hope he gets traded on Monday. But, uh, yeah, so Damian Harris is one of the best pure runners in the league right now, and the matchup's too juicy. I have him as my RB6 this week, so I, I'm very, very high on him. I'd start him over a ton of players. That's it? All right, sweet. Uh, <laughs> it's a very I thought good matchup. Randy was going to say something. <laughs> I almost did it. Um, I actually – I just wanted to go a different route because I think I've done Damian Harris. I thought you were going to do a Khalil Herbert personally. Uh <laughs> I almost typed it in for you. And just you also did a quarterback that I didn't think you were going to do. I thought you had someone else in mind. But 
either way, uh, Harris, for as much as like Bolden and Ramondre have gotten more passing work, it's not like Harris can't do it. It's just not, not like his specialty, kind of like Josh Jacobs. I know that's a little bit too easy of a comparison because, you know, they're teammates from college, but uh, <laughs> they're both capable pass catchers, but not like the stellar guys. Um, so he will get some work here and there. It's such a good matchup. And it's even better matchup. If you somehow think like the Chargers are going to blow out the Patriots, do not play Damian Harris if that's your narrative. I don't think that's anywhere close. I actually predicted them to win, which was yeah. uh, one of those things this week. But uh, I, I really do think the Patriots get it done on the ground and just dominate that capacity. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, I don't think this is a game that the Chargers pull away. I think it's a close game. I do have the Chargers winning, I believe. Uh, but yeah, you know, like I wanted, like <laughs> there was a couple games that ended up the way I originally typed it, and I went towards the favorite instead. So I was like, this week, I'm like, fuck it, Lions, Patriots, let's do everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, by the way, the updated rankings, Sean is still ahead. Uh, and then Adam is in second, and then the third, the uh, the rest of us, Randy, Brandon, and myself, are tied for technically third, and we're all above yeah. six hundred on our picks this week or this year. So, uh, go read that article when it comes out later today. Yeah, I'm like uh, on the cutffp.com. I haven't even said the name of the website yet. <laughs> all right, uh, wide receivers, Randy, hit us with your wide receiver start this week. All right. Uh, fun stuff. Definitely not scrolling as I talk. Um, T. Higgins. <laughs> uh, this is a weird one because I have him at wide receiver 21. So it is a very good ranking, but it's kind of where he's been finishing. Nothing like stellar. But the biggest thing, man, like he's going to have a, a dominant breakout game. I'm not saying he's going to necessarily even score more than Jamar Chase. Like he's just going to have a wide receiver one week, one of these weeks with this kind of target share. I don't know where it ranks in the league. I didn't really check it, but I know he has a 27% target share right now. And that's with missing one, maybe two games. Two. Uh, the Jets have allowed 35 points per game, not fantasy, 35 real life points <laughs> since week four or more. I'm expecting a big scoring day for the Bengals. I think Mixon, I think Jamar Chase, who I have as a top five wide receiver this week. I think Higgins all kill it. I think Usama has a chance to get a touchdown again. This is going to be a crazy similar week to last week with the Bengals. I think they just dominate. And I Higgins in games this year is averaging just under nine targets a game. You, you can't get that kind of volume and continue this kind of mediocre performance. Uh, otherwise, you're Robbie Anderson. Wow. And I and that's not what he's been because he's actually catching the ball for the most part. But he had 15 targets last week. Burrow's trying to get him to be the stellar possession guy, which he can be, and I think he will be. I'm going to pick this week for it. If it's not this week, it's going to be next week. One of these weeks, you're going to be very sorry that he's on your bench. Yep, yep. The only thing I'd push back on uh, since returning from injury, he, he had a fairly effective day uh, against Green Bay, five uh, of seven, he caught five of seven, but only 32 yards. The following week, 50% of his targets he caught, and then this last week, under 50%. So it's almost like he's he's kind of getting worse. Uh, but I will say the targets that he got, they were not great uh, targets in that they weren't yeah. great throws. And there was one that he got where he mistimed the jump, and it almost cost Burrow an interception. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll get it figured out. I think he's still getting his legs under him after that injury. So I agree. Um, I didn't. I should have honestly because I thought about. It, I should have looked at the adjusted completion percentage of yeah. so far this season because I know his completion percentage or like catch rate, I should say, hasn't been great so far. It's been a yeah. little up and down, like you stated. But I would assume it's <laughs> it's a lot better than we're actually seeing on the stat sheet. Yeah. Uh, but every time I turn on the game. Every time I flip to the Bengals game, that next throw is to Higgins every single yeah. time. <laughs> it's crazy. ridiculous. I think it just continues. And like I said, I think everyone has a big day for the Bengals. But yeah. And I have him at 21. So this could be a 10 target, seven catch performance. And he's still way down here because he didn't get a touchdown, but he's going to get a touchdown one of these weeks too. It's just, 
Something's going to yeah. come together at some point here, <laughs> or he's not going to get the targets again. That's how yeah. it's going to end up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he's think... going to eat. Sorry, Christian. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think Burrow's always going to force feed him because he wants him to be that type of player. So he'll get the targets yeah. either way, I think. But my, I mean, my point was, if he continues to be so inefficient with the targets, he's not going to get the targets. That's the... yeah, <laughs> because right. they have Boyd there. They have. Uzama, who's catching the ball. Yeah, Chase, who could just get more targets. I mean, yeah. Fun fact about Jamar Chase. Sorry, I heard this today. Uh, second worst uh, average separation on his targets, which is hilarious to me. That's exactly what his issue was, and it doesn't even matter. He's just so good that it doesn't matter. Yep. Sorry, Sean. What were you going to say about T? Uh, that he's just going to, like, going forward, if T Higgins' trajectory is going to go up, which it probably is. I dropped Tyler Boyd in the league because Tyler Boyd's trajectory is just going to keep going down because yeah. there are not enough targets to keep going, especially if Uzama is going to start to become a thing week in and week out. Tyler Boyd is going to be the odd man out. I think I, I said it before. I can't remember if it was this podcast or my other one. I think Tyler Boyd gets traded. I don't, I don't, maybe not by the deadline, but in the offseason, I don't see Tyler Boyd staying on that team. No, agreed. He, he re signed with them, but they can. Easily find someone, but that was in the before third they drafted Chase, wasn't it? No, it was, but that's what I'm saying. They can easily yeah. sign someone in the third or draft someone in the third round this year that gives them right. the production they're getting from Boyd right now. Not to his discredit by any means, it's just they don't need him. Please anymore. trade him in division, please trade him in division. <laughs> no, because it won't go to us, <laughs> just it'll go to one of the other. Fucks. Um, but no, I, I think, I think, yeah, Higgins is starting to become a safe play every week, whereas Boyd's obviously more volatile. Um, and, uh, you can, I mean, you could probably start both of those guys with confidence, but I'll go ahead and I'll move on to mine. Um, so my wide receiver start of the week is Cortland Sutton. And I know Jerry Judy is, uh, coming back from his, uh, pretty serious. It looked like serious knee injury. I remember I texted Christian when it happened and Christian said that he thought he was just done for the year because it looked really bad, but Judy's coming back this week. He's going to be activated from IR, but I'm not as worried about Cortland Sutton as obviously I don't think you really need to roster Tim Patrick anymore. But um, when you look at uh, they're matching up with the Washington football team, Washington football team has given up a top 10 performance to wide receivers the last three weeks. That's including whoever the hell was in New Orleans in week five. I Marquez Callaway, maybe Demetrius Harris, Jawan Johnson, who's a tight end. Um, including Kansas City, and I don't even think Tyreek Hill had a big game. I think it was more like Mecole Hardman and Byron Pringle. And then last yeah. week they gave up that last week they gave up a big time performance to Devontae Adams. They gave up a touchdown to Alan Lazard. The Washington defense is starting to become a defense that you can target when it comes to receivers because their secondary is not good. Their line's not even that good when everybody thought that that they were going to be that outstanding defense but anyway but regardless of that so i know Cortland sutton only had um uh, let me pull it up here he only had five targets against cleveland on thursday night teddy bridgewater was injured it was a weird game there wasn't really a ton of flow to that game and i know i was i was in the stands i mean i'm obviously glad the browns won but there wasn't a ton of flow to that game i mean tim patrick got had what one catch so Teddy, Teddy didn't really throw the ball that much anyway, but the two weeks before that, Sutton had 11 targets against Pittsburgh and had 14 targets against Vegas. I think that, that it's going to get closer to that point, especially, like I said, because they're a team that you can beat through the air. I don't know as much of how successful Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are going to be, but I think if the Broncos want to win this game, they're going to need to beat Washington through the air. And uh, Jerry Judy coming back is going to take some pressure off of Cortland Sutton. So I think he I think he is due to have another one of those big weeks. And like if he makes catches like he did over Craig Newsom on Thursday, just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I think Sutton's still the one here forever. Uh yeah, I do too. I, I I don't think Jerry Judy's gonna usurp him. I would agree with you. They can be one A, one B, but I always think that Sutton's gonna be the A personally. You can, I, I mean you could almost compare it. You can almost compare this to to Chase and Higgins, how we just talked about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They need a better quarterback, but um, they'll get one eventually, someday, maybe. Yeah, yeah not just. I'm all for. I'm all for Sutton this week. He had three elite catches last week. <laughs> that one over Newsom, no one like, could stop it. Elite. Greg Newsom played perfect defense yeah. on him, and he caught the ball with his left, with his right hand. This is Judy's first game back. I think 
the lean is still on Sutton for the week. He has played exceptional. I think he's back to full strength. However, I do think in the future, I won't classify him as for sure the one. I think Teddy Bridgewater's arm and game style suits Jared Judy better. I always yeah. have. That's probably that. Now that also can be true. And you Which just is what that, we saw week one. And then for Dynasty, you just hope that Teddy Bridgewater isn't isn't the guy past the season. Oh, I hope not. It's probably going to be Rodgers. I hope so for <laughs> which, Brandon. Which will I confuse the holy shit out of me. <laughs> I hope so for sweet sanity that it's not Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, same. Shout out your lock. Uh, I thought he was coming in the game last week, and then he just didn't. Maybe sad. Uh, all right, I'm going to give you guys my wide receiver start this week. This is gross. It's it's wild. I talked about this guy on Monday, but Khalif Raymond is my wide receiver start this week. Uh, I want to preface this with he's my RB28 this week. He's only a he's flex. Your, he's your RB? That's cool. Yeah, that's kind of surprising. Oh, that's pretty wild that I wrote that in the doc. Like, <laughs> and I was confident when I just said it. Yeah, wide receiver 28. Uh, only a flex play this you week. Know, I was confident. <laughs> Also, a good a good flex play this week. The last two games after Jared Goff said, hey, I want to get Amon Ross St. Brown a little more involved, he just didn't do that. And instead, he started throwing the ball to Khalif Raymond. Last two games, 15 targets, 12 catches, 152 yards. He has uh, just been, in, in PPR leagues especially, uh, he has been a viable option for you in fantasy football. He's the third leading target getter on the Lions right now, and he gets a Philadelphia team that ranks 20th in points allowed to opposing wide receivers. The reason that's not like a, a egregiously bad total to opposing wide receivers, but it is when you consider the fact that all of those points essentially are going to Khalif Raymond with a few sprinkled in here and there for other wide receivers, but not many uh, because the points are going through DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, and for whatever reason, 27-year-old, fifth-year Khalif Raymond having what probably not a breakout, but like also not not a breakout. Um, and so if you look back over the course of the season, he's actually had in week three and week four, you could have played him and you would have been comfortable with it. And week four was the only week he scored a touchdown. I think he's able to find the end zone this week. I, I think that is a, a very real possibility. And if so, I think he outranks my wide receiver 28 ranking. Um, I know how gross it sounds. I know you probably aren't even rostering him right now, but if you need a spot start and you're a little banged up at wide receiver, then I would definitely roll with Khalif Raymond uh, comfortably. My only thing with this, do you think that I'm in Ross St. Brown doesn't get any targets again? Because I think that was, that played a big part in why Raymond was successful last week because I'm in Ross St. Brown. I've been getting targets. He had, but I, I guess my pushback would be uh, against Cincinnati two weeks ago. Khalif still had seven targets. Even yeah, with no, it, it, a few. it makes sense. I mean, you you would think, like we talked about, that the Eagles are probably going to be able to score. So you would think that the Lions are probably going to have to do something the other way too. Like you don't th- like the Lions probably can't just lean on DeAndre Swift the entire game. Yeah, it's very true. And Jamal Williams hasn't played very well, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, I dropped I dropped him like everywhere I had him. Jamal. Yeah, makes sense. All right, let's get to our tight ends quickly. Randy, who are you starting this week? Uh Hunter Henry. Uh, he's my tight end four in the week. He's got four straight weeks of touchdowns. Johnny's banged up, most likely won't play. Uh, we haven't really heard too much about that. And to top it off, Chargers in a revenge game uh, have allowed the second most points to tight ends this year. This is a smash play. Okay. Yep. Yep. It's that's a tight end. Yep. I don't feel like any other <laughs> argument needs to be made. <laughs> yeah. Tight ends are, are really bleak as usual this time of year. Uh, so that's about the analysis you're going to get from me too, Sean. Let's let's hear yourself or your tight end. Yeah. So mine is uh, a guy that kind of pairs with uh, your, your two of love this week. It's Mike Kosicki. And honestly, this is me kind of just leaning on talent more than anything else. And the fact that there was some worry that when Tua came back after um, Jacoby Brissett was starting for a couple weeks, that he wasn't going to get um, the targets with Tua because it just something wasn't there. But uh, Tua came back week six against Jacksonville. Mikey Siki had nine targets against Jacksonville, went for eight, eight catches for 115, eight targets against Atlanta, went seven for 85. We talked about it. The if if 
Tua is going to have a good game. They don't have a ton of weapons. I don't think Devontae Parker is going to play. Uh, Will Fuller is still on IR. So it's Jalen Waddell, and I think it's going to be Mark, Mike Kosicki over the middle. The Bills are a good team against uh, opposing tight ends, but I think Kosicki is a guy that you can almost just stick into your match, your lineup regardless of matchup. Yep. Yep. That's... Yes. I'm on him. <laughs> I yep. was off him initially with Tua, and then they've some they've seemed to work it out with no other options. <laughs> Uh, I have him at eight this week. I'm a little bit lower only for the fact that, again, I I think this is going to be a tough game for them. But also Preston Williams is back last week. And you saw a couple red zone targets, and maybe that takes away a possible touchdown upside from Gesicki. Either way, I think he's easily still a tight end one. Yeah, no doubt. Another guy I think is for sure going to be a tight end one this week is the aforementioned Robert Tunyon. The, just, the justification, Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard are out. Tunyon's going to get some of those targets. There's a lot of talk about vacated targets and how, oh, what receiver is going to step up and take the targets? Well, I think what's going to happen is the player that's been on the field running a ton of routes and also getting targeted pretty heavily, although the production doesn't match it, in Robert Tunyon is, is going to get a boost this week. He has... Uh, just two weeks over five targets, but this last week uh, caught four of his five targets for 63 yards and a touchdown uh, average 15 yards per catch. He's only been over eight yards per catch twice this year. So I understand if you're a little hesitant uh, and you can argue, Oh, well he's got maybe Isaiah Simmons as his matchup. That doesn't scare me a ton. Simmons has been inconsistent in coverage. And so I am rolling with Tunyon this week. I, I was out on him. I finally gave up. And then last week he said, stay patient, young blood. And now I'm, I'm going to be patient. He, he said no, it. There's no way he said that. He definitely said that to me. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Tunyon. He's my tight end seven. I don't think I said that. That's it. All right. Dope. Uh, <laughs> we are, yeah, I, mean, I already, I already talked about Tunyon that I, yeah, I we like him did. a lot. Yeah, I know. Uh, all right. Let's get into some sits of the week. Sean, why don't you go first? Yeah, I don't feel proud of this, but I, you, you just can't play Tyler Lockett right now. Like you can't. And obviously Tyler Lockett's talented, but this Geno Smith debacle has been all sorts of bad. Like I targeted Tyler Lockett everywhere I could in the offseason because I loved the end of the fourth round, uh, top of the fifth round, um, like uh, draft spot that you were getting him at. But Tyler Lockett's caught two balls in back-to-back weeks. He's had 10 total targets. He's finished as the wide receiver 63 and the wide receiver 77. And to be honest with you, Jacksonville is the eighth best team against fantasy wide receivers this year. They're giving up an average of 31 points per game, but that's good for eighth. Like that's not something that you would um, you would kind of tie with Jacksonville, but it's more of the fact that you see it. You've seen it the last couple of weeks with Geno Smith. Geno Smith isn't going to give enough volume anywhere for Tyler Lockett to be the wide receiver two that you drafted him to be. You have to wait. You have to have. There's there's no way you don't have better options right now. Wait until Russ comes back because Tyler Lockett isn't going to get the downfield threat, and that's what he is with Russell Wilson. It's not going to happen with Geno Smith, and you're just going to keep being disappointed. Yeah, I, it's tough, man. I, I, You make some valid points. I'm trying to find where I have him ranked this week. Uh, 24. So, I mean, I'd still start him as a back end, too, and I'd start <laughs> I actually him over have Raymond. I have him at wide receiver 45. I have a 37. All right, so uh, I am the so we're loser at all different here. levels here. <laughs> uh, he's he's been bad. Uh, you would think I understand the targeting of DK Metcalf by Gino as a just a big body toss it up kind of guy, but you would think of the rest of it, <laughs> you would want the guy that's going to get open a lot, deep middle slot short, you know. And that's what Can I interest is, you in Freddie Swain. Yeah, he's literally just like, yeah, fuck it, that guy. And And every time it's so disappointing because if you're starting Tyler Lockett, you see the one, and you're like, oh, cool, Tyler Lockett has a catch, but then it's 18 and not 16. You're like, goddamn. (laughs) Bullshit. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I think he does have a better game this week in in that I still have him as a a top-end wide receiver four. So (laughs) I agree. 
Yeah. All right. I'll go next. Uh, Brandon Cooks. Uh, and the reason he's he is mad at the Texans. He is not happy. He's an angry fella. And uh, I do think that having Tyrod back is actually going to be helpful if Tyrod is back this week. Uh, still TBD on that. I, th- I think it will be helpful. We saw Brandon Cooks be super successful. He's still the wide receiver at 18 on the year in PPR leagues, despite struggling the last couple of weeks. But he does get the Rams this week. I think he's going to see a lot of Jalen Ramsey. I think that's a problem. Um, and he's my wide receiver 31 this week. It's not a guy I, I would start Khalif Raymond over Brandon Cooks this week. And I know that sounds crazy. Maybe I'm crazy, but uh, he's also, he, he he's going to miss Mark Ingram on the field, I guess. I don't know. Maybe he's mad that he didn't get traded first. Who knows? <laughs> Possibly. I, I, there's no way he's there past the deadline, right? You would think he's going to be I, a pretty I think a lot I of people on so, the Texans are awesome. traded. I, I think there's at least two or three defensive players, and I think Brandon Cooks gets traded as well. I am at 32 this week. He he hasn't against top coverage, realistically and respectively slow. He's had his slower games this year. I think that's the same thing this year, or this game this year. Yeah, I have him at 23, and I'm probably way too high on him. It could be, you know, they they're gonna have to throw, so I can get in, in into an argument that he's a, still a good play, but I just I'm out this week. Yeah. Right, <clears throat> All right. Uh, this will be, I believe, the last tight end we talk about. But I've got Ricky Seals Jones as the first set this week. Uh, he is my tight end, 17 in the week. I think he absolutely not just the normal tight end argument. I think he absolutely needs a touchdown to matter this week. Broncos have allowed the fourth fewest points to tight ends. The Washington offense has been so hit or miss of late. Uh, the only person that's been somewhat even consistent is Terry McLaurin. Uh, even the running backs have been inconsistent. I just, I'm just out on Seals Jones just this week. I, I he didn't do much last week. I, there's nothing encouraging in a not a terrible matchup last week, but not the best. In a worse matchup, I'm just off of it. Yeah, I I can hear it. I think I haven't ranked inside my top. 12. Uh, I kind of do. I think I do just out of necessity. Yeah. I have him at 11, and that's simply because I think he'll be on the field and breathing. So that's that's the state of tight ends. So. Uh, all right, Sean. Hit us with your last start. Yeah, I kind of just – I kind of just – my last start. I kind of talked about it when we talked about the Thursday night preview. I don't think the upside is there with Chase Edmonds this week. Um, I know he had 15 carries, but he only turned those 15 carries. I mean, he turned those 15 carries into 83 yards. I don't want to say only because he was pretty successful. But again, we saw what happens with the car- with the Cardinals is they when Chase Edmond get it gets to that area, the Cardinals want to go to James Conner. James Conner scored another touchdown last week. That's what they're going to do. And it, this game's probably going to be close. Like, yeah, maybe the targets are there. But I mean, with all of these pass catchers between Zach Ertz, Christian. Kirk, uh, AJ Green, obviously Hopkins and Rondale Moore. There's only so many passes going around. Like Kyler Murray's not throwing the ball 80 times a game. And you look at like we talk about Chase Edmonds and we like the passing, the pass catching. Christian talked about it. Chase Edmonds has only had one game this year where he's been over five targets, and that was Week Three against Jacksonville. He still finished as the wider or the running back 32 because he had 11 carries for 26 yards, seven seven receptions for 49, but he didn't score a touchdown. Chase, again, Chase Edmonds doesn't have a touchdown this year. I don't think that's going to change this week. I just don't see the upside there. I don't. He's not getting enough volume in the passing game, and he's not going to be the goal line guy. So, I mean, he's a between-the-20s guy, which is fine, but how often do you want to play those guys every week? Yeah, it's fair. I mean, it's been a downward trend for him. I think I still ranked him above James Conner because I do think that they get him back involved, but – We'll see. We'll see. I can hear this. Uh, I, I want to go next um, because I'm not going to explain it. Um, Patrick Mahomes. I oh, my outside, God. I'm outside my top 12 quarterbacks this week. Dude. And and so it, here's the thing. So I ranked. I just kept ranking, and I was like, oh, I think this guy's going to have a better day. I think this guy's going to have a better day. So let me just name the quarterbacks I think. Uh, I, I, I don't have him at 16. I need to bump him up. Three spots, so I have him at quarterback 13. So still a sit, still outside the top 12. 
but the quarterbacks I have in front of him, Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, who should have a good week, probably should have been my start, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Tua Tungabailoa, Trevor Lawrence. These are all guys that I think are better plays than Patrick Mahomes. He's coming off one of the worst games of his career that I can remember, especially fantasy-wise, outside of games he's gotten injured. But he just hasn't looked good. The offense hasn't looked good. The the interceptions, they, they keep racking up. This is a game they get the Giants, who they give up points to quarterbacks. I get it. I think it's going to be one of those scrappy games where they give him fits. They they have a different uh, set of coverages that I think can actually win. They generate pressure with four, and they can drop seven, and that's Patrick Mahomes' kryptonite. So I have him at 13. I don't have him at 16, but I'm not playing him this week. And I said I wasn't going to explain it, but I still did. I was going. So. I was going to say you. You were. Were you just going to drop the name and then just move on? Is it? Was that the initial plan? Yeah, but I realized that like that's how you get canceled, um, and so <laughs> I don't want to get canceled. So. All right, that's all I want to say about Patrick Mahomes. Randy, who's your last? <laughs> uh, it's gonna be Miles Gaskin for me. Uh, he is my RB thirty six. And I think the only reason he's still barely hanging on RB3 for this week for me is he could get a couple targets late. That's about it. Uh, he's been decent of late, but the Bills defense is really too scary for me to really have any faith in him. Uh, I can understand the argument of guys like Kaseki or Waddle or Tua because maybe they just have to throw more and they can get it done through the air a little bit. Gaskin has been atrocious on the ground of late and the bills really, they've only given up four touchdowns total and the second fewest points to opposing running backs. There's just nothing there for me. And then you add in the fact that yes, Malcolm Brown's on the IR now, but Ahmed's been involved more in the ground and through the air than Gaskin. It seems most games. So I just, especially at the goal line, I just don't see unless he gets a one breakaway touchdown that he really matters. Yeah. Uh, I know you booed this, Sean. I just want to take this opportunity to talk about Tua again. So Miles Gaskin is the <laughs> RB1 for the Dolphins, and that's kind of irresponsible. I don't like that. They said, hey, we are going to run uh, at a 12 personnel a ton, and we're just not even going to have a running back that can run between the tackles or even re- really run – uh, any outside zone or anything like Miles Gaskin's not that good, guys. Uh, well, the fact and- that we've seen the fact that we've seen in two years in a row, Jonathan Taylor, nope. Clyde Edward Tiller, nope. DeAndre Swift, nope. Um, Najee Harris, nope. Like the Javante, the, the, Michael Carter, Kenneth Gainwell, like all of these guys sure. have been available for the Dolphins to take. And they're like, nah, we're good. We got this seventh-round guy out of Washington. And we got the other undrafted guy out of Washington. And we got 35-year-old Malcolm. Like, what are you doing? It's bad. It's bad I, team building. And, and it's like, I understand it's a position that's a little bit interchangeable. Uh, look at the 49ers and teams like that. But for me, if you're team building and you're supposedly supposed to be a playoff-caliber team, and you you can ignore the running back position. I get it, but then your line can't be dog shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. and you, you can't you can you can't have one of the best cornerback rooms and then still be terrible against the pass. Like this doesn't add up. Yeah, it makes me angry, and that's why Tua has not been given a fair shake in his ten games that he started and finished uh, fourteen total games. All right, guys, that'll do it for this episode of the cut again, make sure you guys go check out the rankings at the cutffb.com slash rankings. Uh, make sure you check out our picks article, which will be out later today. Like I said, we're all above 600, uh, in, in our picks, just not even against the spread, just overall, uh, outright picks, uh, go check out the other shows on the podcast network. If you haven't listened to them, they are really good content, give really good advice. So check all of those out. Sean, uh, talk about your podcast. Yep. Check out uh, dogs underscore got to eat on Twitter. Um, that's Phil. He runs our Browns, uh, our centered Browns podcast, but we also do a little bit of gambling um, with my brother. He kind of brings up some, some bets to take. And uh, I, I do a little bit of fantasy there. So go check out dogs got to eat. 
on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to them. Uh, we're just trying to get our name out there. Um, like I said, we're mainly Browns focused, but we do have some uh, generic NFL stuff in there as well. So check us out. Good stuff. Yeah. And if you're a Browns fan, it's uh, it's a great show. If you're not a Browns fan, it's still a great show. So yeah. I am subscribed. Learn. I have listened. Branch out, branch out, learn about, learn about, uh, learn about the Browns, even if you're, uh, even if you're an Eagles <laughs> fan or a Cowboys fan. I'm talking to you, Adam. Uh, yeah. All right. Randy, <laughs> do you have anything to add before we bounce out of here? No, sir. Sean, anything else for the good of the order? No, go Cavs. Uh, up seven at halftime. This team's uh, starting to be a little bit fun to watch. Oh, yeah. I did have something to add, too. Uh, go watch Dune. Go to the theater and watch Dune. But if you haven't, uh, or if you don't have HBO Max, you should get HBO Max and watch Dune there. If that's my only complaint, I, I understand that it's the first. It, it, there was a lot of setup, but I get it because it's the first of a trilogy. That would be my yes. only complaint. Is there's a lot of that. Yeah, they don't really tell you that it's going to be the first of a trilogy either. But it was good. Well, they to come out see. with. It says part one. Like that's it, though. Like. Like so, fun fact, way off topic. Sorry, guys. Uh, so, heard a, a little thing where he had the final cut of the movie. The studio wasn't even sure that he was going to put the part one in there, and they didn't confirm that he was making part two until uh, four days after the movie. Uh, yeah, I saw they just announced America. that a couple. I saw they just announced that a couple days ago that part two was confirmed. Yeah, pretty crazy. But but it, but it was a, it it's an intriguing for the rest of it. it should be fun. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys, that'll do it. For Sean Ward and Randy Hall, I am Christian Williams. We will talk to you guys next week. Later. We gone.